Thank you, Brother Terry. Thank you, our praise team. And thank all of you for taking part in worship this morning. If you brought your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. And I'm going to share with you verses 35 through 45. We'll look at that in just a moment. I'm going to speak to you today, share a sermon with you entitled, Saved to Serve. Saved to Serve. Real simple. Won't be hard to understand. But Saved to Serve. And we'll look at Mark chapter 10, verse 35 through 45. First, I want to thank Brother Dr. Gene Baldwin for filling in for me last week. We were on vacation, went to the Smokies. We tried to do this a couple of times a year, right after Christmas, and then right before school starts, we took our grandson, Canaan, and so we had a good time. And so uh, I appreciate Brother Gene filling in. I appreciate your faithfulness and being here when I'm not here, but we, uh, we had a good time. And then on Sunday, we went down to the lobby and, and um, viewed the service there sitting at a table in the breakfast area. It was kind of neat. Their time and our time, of course, is different. Service started here at 11 o'clock and started there at noon. And uh, the, the uh, hotel uh, employees were taking a break for lunch. And so uh, we started our worship service and we just turned it up where everybody could hear it. And, and uh, I think they enjoyed it. We had a maintenance man I got to meet. His name was Carlos, and uh, Carlos and I had a good visit. He came back. I met him after work, well, that Sunday, and he got off at 1, and I met with him. I asked for 15 minutes of his time, and he gave me 30, and so uh, we had a good visit. I was able to speak to Carlos, talk to him, and so uh, pray for Carlos because I believe the Lord's going to do something uh, in his heart. He may be you in his service this morning. But I'm glad you're here. Let's look at Mark chapter 10 as we think about being saved for a purpose, and that purpose is to serve. Mark chapter 10, and we're going to look at verse 35 through 45. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him, saying, Teacher, we want, to, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. We're kind of like that sometimes, aren't we? Verse 30, verse 36, And he said to them, What do you want me to do for you? And they said to him, Grant us that we may sit, one on your right hand and the other on your left, in your glory. But Jesus said to them, You do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink and be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with? Now, the word baptism there, he's not speaking of water baptism. He's speaking about his persecution and his crucifixion. He's going to be immersed in persecution and scorn and shame. And that's why he uses that word baptism. He's not going to be baptized with water. He's going to be baptized with persecution, the crucifixion. And they said to him, verse 39, we're able... And Jesus said to him, you'll indeed drink the cup that I drink. And with the baptism that I'm baptized with you, will you be baptized? But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but it's for those in whom it's prepared. And when the ten heard it, 
verse 41, they began to be greatly displeased with James and John. Now the reason the other disciples were displeased with James and John is James and John had asked to sit on the right hand of, the, uh, of Jesus in his new kingdom, and they were upset because they had not thought to ask Jesus first. Man, if they'd only asked Jesus to do that. But James and John beat them to the punch. Verse 42, And Jesus called them to himself, and he said to them, You know that those who are considered rulers over the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you shall be your servant. Whoever of you desires to be first shall be slave of all. Verse 45, For, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Saved to serve. This coming Wednesday night, uh, night Michael kind of alluded to it there in his prayer. The nominating committee is going to come together and, and we're going to pray and we're going to ask God to reveal names and individuals uh, who are gifted with spiritual gifts and natural abilities uh, to serve in various positions and certain committees over... Uh, at the church, beginning this new church year, September the 1st is when our new church year begins. But due to the limited number of, of offices and positions and committee positions, God's provided a way for every member of Mountain View Baptist Church to serve him and uh, by serving on ministry teams. Therefore, when you came in, you picked it up, hopefully you picked up an announcement sheet, and attached to that announcement sheet, you had a little yellow form, and I'm just going to show it to you briefly right now. You have this little yellow form, and it says Mountain View Baptist Church Ministry Teams, 21 through 22, 2021 through 22, my commitment to serve after much prayer. So it's not something you're going to do without praying about it first. After much prayer, I feel that God's gifted me with spiritual gifts and natural abilities to connect and serve on the following ministry teams. And so you go down through here, and there's different ministry teams listed, and I'll mention those at the end of the service in just a moment. But you pray about which ministry team do you feel God would have you to serve, and you'll be automatically put on that ministry team. And so just because there's not a, a, an office or a, a, a special committee or something of that nature, you feel like you're not able to serve, you are able to serve. If you're a member of Mountain View Baptist Church, you can serve. You ought to be privileged to serve. And so be praying in where God would have you to serve because you're saved to serve. Now I want to begin by asking you three questions this morning before you begin to fill out that form. First of all, are you saved? Are you saved? Now, this is the most important question that you'll ever be asked. You'll be asked a lot of questions, no doubt, over your lifetime, but the most important question is, are you saved? Are you saved? Have you been born again? Have you turned from your sin, repented, placed your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you been reconciled to God? Are you going to heaven when you die? You say, well, Brother Sammy, I didn't think anyone could know that they're going to heaven when they die. 
I just thought you could hope you'd go to heaven when you die. Well, 1 John 5.13 says you can know. The Bible says in 1 John 5.13, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe on the name of the Son of God. So you can know without a shadow of a doubt, perhaps you know right now. Well, I know you know. God reveals that. You can just say, Lord, am I lost or am I saved? Just pray and ask God. He'll tell you. He's not hiding that from you. You know within your heart, if you die today, that you'll go to heaven or you won't go to heaven. That's something that, that we know. Now, Jesus said in John chapter 3, John chapter 3, he's talking to the guy about, uh, his name's Nicodemus, and he's telling Nicodemus how he can go to heaven when he dies. And look what he says in verse 3, John chapter 3. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, underline that, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So he says, listen, before you go to heaven, before you see the kingdom of God, you must be born again. Look at chapter 3. Look over to chapter uh, verse 15 in the same chapter. That whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Turn to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, and we'll look at verse 38. Notice what he says there. Then Peter said to him, Repent, and every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Repent, every one, and believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's telling, same, he's telling Peter, sharing the same message that Jesus shared with Nicodemus. In Acts chapter 16, Acts chapter 16, jot this down, verse 31. So they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved in your whole household. And then Romans chapter 10, uh, Romans chapter 10, verses uh, 9 through 11. Uh, I'm sorry, verses 9 and 10. Look what he says, Romans 10, verse 9. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So the most important question anyone could ever be asked is, are you saved? Have you been saved? Are you saved? Have you been born again? Have you repented? Have you turned to Jesus Christ and by faith ask him to come into your life and save you? That's the only way you can go to heaven when you die. You can't be saved by just walking down an aisle. You can't be saved by joining a church. You can't be saved by just being baptized. You can't be saved by being uh, uh, just by your morality, just being a good person. You can't be saved by being a religious person, obeying all the, the sacraments and the ordinances. That won't save you. The only way you can be saved is to be born again by putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And so the first question is, have you been saved? You must be born again by the Spirit of God, repenting of your sins, placing your faith and trust in Jesus Christ for your salvation and nothing else. It's Jesus alone and nothing else. Don't add anything to it. So are you saved? Now the second question is, why are you saved? Why did Jesus save you? Uh, why did the Holy Spirit of God regenerate you? Why did God call you to salvation? 
Why were you born again? Now, there are a number of answers, really, to that question. Uh, when I began to reflect back in my own life, I said, Brother Sammy, why were you saved? Well, I, I was saved to have my sins forgiven. That's, that's one reason I was saved. I wanted to have my past sins, my present sins, my future sins. I wanted those to be forgiven, wiped away. And Jesus said he'd do that if I trust him. And so I wanted to be saved to have my sins forgiven. But I wanted to be saved to go to heaven when I die. I don't know anybody that wants to go to hell. They're going to slip up, perhaps, and go to hell. But they don't want to go to hell. Nobody here wants to go to hell. You don't know what hell is if you want to go there. But I didn't want to go to hell, and I, I read the Bible, and I knew that if I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ, that he would save me, and I'd go to heaven when I died. However, the ultimate answer to why, did, why were you saved is God saved you that you would glorify him. That's the ultimate answer to that question. God saved you that you would glorify him. 1 Corinthians 1 Corinthians, let me see if I can find it and jot that down. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, listen if you would to verse 31. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. Therefore, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, I get that. Whatever you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it to glorify God. Whatever you eat. Do it to glorify God. Whatever you're drinking, do it to glorify. Can God get the glory of what I'm eating? What am I drinking? Can God get the glory of whatever I'm doing? Am I bringing God glory for what I'm doing? How I'm acting? Whatever you do, bring glory to God. And so when God saved you, he saved you to bring glory to him. God saved you so that you would glorify him. Now get this. Now, the quickest way for you to glorify God is to serve God. That's the quickest way you can glorify God is by serving God. And the best way to serve God, according to Mark chapter 10, is by serving others. That's the best way to serve God. So the point is God saved you for you to glorify him by saving others. So real simple, three questions. Number one, are you saved? Number two, why are you saved? You're saved by God to glorify him by serving others. Now, number three, third question, final question. This is, this is a logical question that comes as a result of question number one and two. Third question is, where do you serve? Where do you serve? Now, why is that question important? Well, simply because you were saved to serve, and you were saved to serve God by serving others. Pastor Ryan Whitley, pastor of Cross Point Baptist Church in Argo, uh, in one of his messages, uh, he, he mentioned this, and I jotted it down. This is, this is how he explains um, two types of people that you'll find in the church. He explains there are two types of people, really, not only in the church, but in the world. You have the takers and you have the givers. So here today, we have takers, we have givers. You're a taker, or you're a giver. I'm a taker, or I'm a giver. So we're takers or givers. Now let me tell you about the takers and the givers. The taker is, is obsessed with the pronouns, 
I and me. I and me. It's all about I. It's all about me. So the takers, they're, they're obsessed with the pronouns I and me. The giver is obsessed with the personal pronoun we and us. It's about we. It's about us. Taker and a giver. The taker walks into a room and he says, here I am. The giver walks into a room and says, there you are. A taker expects people to serve him. A giver expects people, uh, a giver expects to serve others. A taker asks, how am I going to benefit from this? What's in it for me? But a giver asks, how can I help others? How can I benefit others? And then a taker is covetous. It's all about what he can get or what she can get. But a giver is always generous, always generous. And so what about you this morning? Are you a taker? Are you a giver? We're one of, we're one of the two. The point is Jesus saved you for a purpose, and that purpose was to be on mission with him, to lead a lost world to himself, and you, and you are to serve others while at the same time you're glorifying God. That's his purpose for you and for me. So the point is, we're saved to serve. Now go back to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10, and we're going to go to uh, Mark 10 verse uh, 43. Mark 10, 43. Jesus speaking to his disciples, and he says, Yet it, sh it shall not be among you, but whoever desires to become great among you shall be your servant. Whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And so listen, a, ser a servant serves others. Verse 42, look at verse 42. But Jesus called them to himself and he said, You know that those who are considered rulers over the Gentiles lord it over them and their great ones exercise authority over them. Jesus said, You know that those in this world... Those that rule over you, they rule over you by power and they rule over you by coercion. But the point is, the rulers of that day, they lorded over people and they used their power, they used their corruption, they used their control to coerce people. But verse 43, he says, It shall not be that among you, but whoever desires to be great among you must be a servant. You don't use power, you don't use coercion to be great, you don't use your authority to be great, you become great by being a servant. So the point is you don't lead with authority, but you lead with humility. You don't desire to be great, but you desire to be small. You don't ask people to serve you, but you serve people, you serve them. And so the culture of that day was we don't serve people, they serve us. But look at verse 45, 45, John 10, uh, Mark 10. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life for a ransom of many. So the Son of Man came in the flesh not for us to serve him. Jesus didn't come for us to serve him, but he came to serve us. And he served us in order to save us. How did he serve us? He went to a cross, and he died on that cross for our sins. 
by serving us, dying in our place. That was my place on that cross. That's your place on that cross. He died as our substitute on that cross. He was the propitiation for our sin. He was the, the great sacrifice once and for all for our sins. And he did that serving mankind. Uh, he didn't come for us to serve him. He came to serve us, and he did that by dying on the cross. And Jesus has said that if you're going to follow me, you're going to be a servant like me. For I didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give my life a ransom for many. Now this brings us down to those ministry teams I spoke of. So today you're faced with a decision as a believer, a member of Mountain View Baptist Church. Three questions. Are you saved? Have you been born again? Have you repented of your sins and placed your faith in Jesus Christ? Have you realized that you're a sinner? Do you realize there's no way you can save yourself? See, you're, we're in a predicament. I took a, I took a pen the other day sitting at the table with Carlos, and I, I drew a, a cliff on the left, and I put Carlos and Sammy in and, and then I skipped over a space. There was a gap between where Carlos and Sammy was on the paper, and I put God, and he was on the other side, and there was a great guff between us. And how do we get from our side to God's side? People try different ways. They try morality, and it falls short. Never reach God. They'll try religion. It'll fall short. It'll never reach over to God. They'll try uh, philosophy. It'll fall short. It'll never reach over to God. But how do you get from this side where sin controls us to the other side where God is? There's only one way, and Jesus said that. John 14, 6, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. And so there is a cross that reaches from our side to God's side. And the only way you can get to heaven is by that cross. Trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life. So the question today, would you turn from your sin and by faith turn to Jesus and believe the gospel that Christ came and he died on that cross? He was buried. Not only was he buried, but on the third day he arose again. Put your trust in Jesus Christ and him alone for your salvation and nothing else. You say it this way, Jesus, I'm trusting you and nothing else. I'm putting all my... My egg's in one carton, so to speak. And if you don't get me to heaven, nothing's going to get me to heaven. Are you trusting in something besides Jesus? You're going to miss heaven altogether, my friend. It just doesn't work. I'm not talking about walking down an aisle. I'm not talking about being baptized to be saved. I'm not talking about being religious or any other fleshly thing you can do. It won't make it across the gap. It only, you only get across by the cross i'm talking about the new birth by the spirit of god when when you humble your old proud heart and ask god to forgive you and save you so first of all are you saved secondly why are you saved you're saved you're saved but why are you still here if it looks to me like i thought at one time if god saved you why didn't you just call son to heaven you know why he didn't because we're in co-mission with him to reach a lost world to him, for him. And while we're here, we're serving people. That's why we're still here. And number three, where are you serving? Now, I'm not speaking of the secular world. I'm not speaking about organizations in the secular world. I'm not speaking about 
organizations like the Civitan and the Lions Club and the Red Hat Club and, and go, you, there's a lot of secular organizations. They do good work, but you can't go to heaven by being a member of those clubs. You can't do it. So where are you serving in the body of Christ as a believer? So today you have the opportunity to serve. You have the opportunity to accept Christ and experience this new birth. You have an opportunity to follow the Lord in believer's baptism. You have an opportunity to unite with this congregation. You have an opportunity to choose a ministry that you feel God has gifted you to serve in. And, and you have the natural abilities to serve. But the point is, the Lord did not save you just to sit as a believer. He saved us to serve. So, are you willing to take the sheet I shared with you? Take it, look at it, pray about it, and go with those minister teams, the baptism minister team. They're responsible for getting people ready for baptism, helping them uh, uh, up here in the baptistry, make sure everything's in order up there. Brotherhood, men, we had a brotherhood breakfast last Sunday. I believe it was last Sunday. Men, you need to be involved in the men's ministry history of church. Buildings and grounds, hey, we always need more men and young men helping on buildings and grounds and women too. We have women that help wash windows and clean out the tombstones. And there's just a lot of things, you can, places you can serve. Children's church, Christian ethics, religious liberty, Christian ethics. Uh, when we promote Christian ethics, such as uh, uh, and when, we're, when we promote our, our stance on abortion, against abortion, or, or gambling, or whatever it might be in regards to ethics, or uh, religious liberty, the freedom that we've been given in this country, uh, to plan programs to promote those things, that's some place you could serve, church, church fellowship, church greeters, it's all self-explanatory. The Hunt Ministry, if you look over there, it says the Hunt down at the bottom. That's a men's ministry, and they're kind of changing a little direction in that ministry this year. They're going to be assisting churches that are struggling right now through uh, providing perhaps a, uh, a wild game supper uh, for that church to invite those in that community to, to come to that supper where they can have some prospects. There's plenty of places for you to serve, and here, here's what it boils down to. If, if you're a member of Mountain View Baptist Church and you're not serving anywhere, it's because you don't want to serve. That's the only reason. There's plenty of places to serve. And we don't have a lot of positions. And we, don't have, you know, we don't have a lot of rooms to add new classes and new teachers, but we have other things where you can serve. And so pray about it, and there's a box outside, and that box says a ministry drop-off, ministry form drop-off box, and pray about it, and through this month, and we'll publish a little booklet and give one per family, and you'll see who was on these ministry teams. And so we come together as a church, spiritual gifts, natural abilities to serve. So find a place to serve. Get plugged in to the body of Christ. God didn't save you just to sit. He saved us to serve. There is something that you can do. You can even pray, you know. Uh, our prayer ministry, we'll, we'll do an all call when somebody uh, needs prayer, uh, you pray. So there's a lot to do. Keep that in mind. But today you need to make a choice. If you've never trusted Jesus Christ, you need to come today. You need to come today. As the Holy Spirit draws you, 
you need to come. Did you know the biggest lie the devil will tell you if you've never trusted Jesus? You've got plenty of time. He'll tell you that. You don't have to do that today. You need to put that off. And you can do it anytime you want to do it. No, you can't. You can't do it anytime you want to do it. You can only do it when God calls you by his spirit to do it. You say, is that for real, Brother Sammy? Yeah. John 6, verse 44, listen to God's word. No one can come to me, Jesus said. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, giving him the desire to come to me. And so today, that little tug on your heart is God calling you to himself. And you'll hear that knock, and you'll hear it, and you'll hear it. You keep putting it off, and you, you continue to put it off. One day you'll get up. You don't have that call no more. Some people say, well, I just don't feel that anymore. Now, that's true. The Bible says in, in, in uh, uh, Exodus or Genesis that uh, God's spirit will not always strive with man. You have an opportunity today. God's calling you today to make a decision to come to him. You need to come. Let's have a word of prayer together. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for speaking to our hearts today upon being saved and then serving, bringing glory to you by serving our fellow man, serving here in this church, reaching out to our community through local missions, whatever it might be. Lord, you have gifted people with spiritual gifts and you've gifted people with natural abilities that, that we can serve. We can glorify you by serving others. We serve you by serving others. And so speak to our hearts today. And, and I pray for every person here. It's a member of Mountain View Baptist Church. I pray that you would lead them to the ministries that they need to be involved in. Father, where we can build up the church, edify the church, that we can continue the work here in this community. Thank you for all that you've done. And Lord, during this invitation, for those who have never trusted you, you only for their salvation, I pray they put all the other stuff aside and say, Lord, I'm going to trust you and only you. And I want you to come into my life and save me today. And I want to follow you in believer's baptism and let the world know that I've been saved. That I want to get plugged in and serve you here in this church. Thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do today. And we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. And so this morning, as we have the invitation, I surrender all.